go. Good morning, everyone. Uh, how are we doing? Good. Oh, excellent. Uh, one brilliant and one wonderful. The rest just uh, middling. Uh, so, um, so I've been asked to uh, do the third in this series of Thy Kingdom Come, um, or Your Kingdom Come. We don't usually use thy these days that much. Um, and uh, so particularly today, we're looking at your kingdom come in our nation. Um, and uh, as Josephine's just said, we're looking next week at uh, your kingdom come in the nations next week. So we've been getting expansive. So the first week we looked more about your kingdom come in me. What does it look like, Jesus, for you to take your throne up in my life, in my heart? We looked at last week... What does it look like for your kingdom to come, the lordship and the, the rule and reign of Jesus to come in our friends, the people that we know, the people we live next door to, the people that we work alongside, uh, the people that we are friends with? What does it look like for Jesus' kingdom to break into their lives and what role do we have to play in that work? And uh, so this, this week is about our nation, good old Blighty. <laughs> so... Um, uh, you know, we, we, could, we could say all sorts of things, couldn't we? Um, it, it feels rude not to mention Brexit um, as uh, a thing that is, um, I don't know if you've noticed, it's been on the news a bit. Um, uh, it's been talked about a bit. Um, there's been some, uh, some votes about various things that I haven't got a clue what they were. Um, uh, but there were, there were eyes to the right and nose to the left or something. I don't know, something happened with voting. Uh, to do with Brexit. Um, but we could, you know, we could look at a number of things that are going on in our nation and respond to them. I, you know, I, I, you know I, I could talk about health care and I could talk about the NHS and the challenges of the NHS. That First of all, the, um, the, the brilliantness of having an NHS... And, and my personal thankfulness that we do have an NHS, having lived in a country for a short period of time that doesn't have that, and so if you're sick, you either pay or you, or, you know I mean, or you don't get treatment. So I'm grateful that we have it. But then, of course, you know it's creaking and it's straining under the pressure um, right now. And, and um, so we could talk about that. We could talk about education. Um, these are the these are the sort of Things that, um, when I think about our nation, I think about these are the sort of hotspots. Education, knife crime um, uh, is um, in the news quite a lot at the moment and has increased um, just dramatically in the last uh, five or ten years. And uh, so we talk about that. We could talk about family breakdown. We could, I mean, we could talk about all sorts of things, couldn't we? Sorry? Six encounters. Okay, yeah, we could talk about that. We might talk about that, Mark. That might come up, um, you know. But, um, you know, I, I, could, I could right now stand on my soapbox. I do actually have a soapbox at home that I made um, for such eventualities. I could stand on my soapbox right now and I could tell you what I think we need. Do you know what I mean? So we, who, who's with me on the fact that we need more healing, supernatural healing? So we could do with more of that. Um, we know that we have it in Jesus' name, okay? But we don't always see it in reality. So we need to see that increase, do we not? Um, we, you know, 
I, I could stand on my soapbox and talk about nobody in this country, or any country for that matter, but we're talking about Blighty, nobody in this country should go to sleep hungry, shouldn't we? But, but you know, there is that, and, and, and we have um, the, um, the rising of food banks um, and the need for food banks, churches stepping into the gap and wonderfully uh, providing for people that um, don't have. I've had the, the, the privilege, really, of taking some people from time to time to food bank um, in Worcester and the care and the love and the support that people get when they walk through those doors. Someone, you know, feeling embarrassed. It is, people find it embarrassing. Walking through those doors requires some swallowing of pride and, and, and saying, I've not managed and I need some help. Um, you know, I could talk about that. Um, I could talk about elderly care. Um, and I could talk about uh, the, the sort of older generation receiving the love, the support, the honor um, and, and care that they deserve. Um, that in many cases isn't happening. See, I've, I've got some soapbox things I could, I could uh, go on about. Um, I, I could talk about mental health and the rise of mental health, particularly uh, disproportionately in, in teenagers um, and, uh, and the challenges that, that brings and the stretched resources that there are for those things. Um, I could talk about all manner of things, couldn't I, uh, that, are, that are problems. Uh, I, could, I could suggest that we need to pray for more godly doctors, nurses, admin staff, uh, porters to be in uh, the services, uh, not just to do their job well, but to shine with Jesus, uh, couldn't I? And, and that they would take the, the, um, their responsibility to care and, and go the extra mile with care. Uh, and of course, that is, that is often the case. So um, thank you for the people that work in the medical profession in this congregation that I know go the extra mile. I've seen some of it firsthand uh, where, where people in this room um, are going the extra mile, doing above and beyond their job to care for people that are in need. Um, you know, we could, we, I, could, I could say that we need to pray for, are you all right? This is my soapbox. I could say that we need to pray for in this nation um, our social workers, uh, godly uh, Christian social workers, um, that in amongst the challenges of growing caseloads, um, are able to shine with Jesus in their job uh, and give each individual that they come in contact with, you know, personal care and love. They're not just someone going through the system. Um, we could go on. I, I could, I, you know, on a different note, I could talk about what we need in this nation is to pray for more godly businessmen and women to be raised up um, that will... Um, um, offer and provide employment opportunities for people, but also create wealth so that they can then have a kingdom perspective with the wealth that they've created and serve and care for the poor. I could do those things, couldn't I? And those things would be good things to pray for. Uh, but here's the thing, I've got one sermon. I've got one sermon to talk about this nation and what, it's, what it looks like for God's kingdom to come in this nation. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the church. Um, I'm going to talk about God's A plan. God has invested his resources into his church. I think it was Bill Hybels. Everyone quotes it as scripture, but it was actually Bill Hybels. 
um, who I know has had some wobbles in recent years, but nevertheless, I think some of the things he said uh, have been wonderful. Uh, but he said, the church is the hope of our world. And, uh, and I believe that. I do believe that. The health and the, and the strength and the prosperity of the church in the UK is the primary, not the only, but the primary tool that God is using to see his kingdom come in this nation. Are you with me? And so we're going to read a bit of scripture. Um, for those, we did a, um, a building church on a state today yesterday, and there's going to be, if you were there, there's going to be a little bit of overlap on the talk, so apologies for that. Um, it's not the same talk, but there's overlap. Uh, it's the same text, Ephesians 4, verse... 7 to 13. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. I mean, that just, you know, I just want, to, I want, us, to, I want us to picture, if you like, Jesus, um, you know, resourcing his church. And to each person, look around the room, to each person, some of you are not looking around the room. I've asked you to do so. The preacher asked you to look around the room. So, to each person, grace has been apportioned. So look around and think, thank God that God's grace has been given to you. God's grace has been given to you. God's grace has been given to you as he portioned it. It's him. He took the initiative. The whole deal, this whole, this whole thing of being a born-again Christian, of being a follower of Jesus, he took the initiative, didn't he? My, my own journey of salvation in, and following him, it was him that took the initiative and stepped into my life. And I'm grateful. It's his grace. And he's, he's, his commitment at the beginning of my journey is equal to his commitment now to keep giving me grace. Keep pouring out his grace. There's another bit in Ephesians that talked about the, you know, his grace being lavished on us. Uh, do you know what I mean? And I love this I love this. We were in Richard and I were in Uganda this year, and we were teaching on Ephesians. And, and uh, I, um, my picture was of a piece of toast with honey, uh, um, more honey than that piece of toast really deserves, uh, and, it, and, and you know, dribbling down it and getting yourself all sticky and messy with this honey. And I bought some honey for the pastors, and we we got sticky, um, you know. But it's it's like the grace of God. The grace of God is is lavished on you. Do you know what I mean? More than you need. Um, you know, it's, it's, and it's not reckless. I mean, we know we have a song, Reckless Love. And, it, and, and in a sense, when you first look at the love of God, you look at a God that would leave the 99 to go for the one, and you look at this lavish grace, you think, maybe it is reckless, but it's reckless with wisdom and understanding. It's reckless with, with, with purpose, with, with, with authority, with, with wisdom, with knowing what he's doing. He's giving you more grace than you need. And I think that's wonderful. More and more, more and more, whatever you need from the grace of God. So wherever you are this morning, whether, you, whether you've come this morning and you're feeling ashamed about stuff that's going on in your life or you feel like you're distant from God, the truth is there is more grace than you need. The love and the mercy and the acceptance of God is here for you in abundance. And it's Christ, it's Jesus that apportioned it. If we, if we gave it out, we might be a bit stingy, wouldn't we, with each other. Well, I'll give that one grace, but not her. Uh, uh, do you know what I mean? But no, God, God has given, he's lavished his grace on us. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. 
uh, as Christ appointed it. This is, what it. this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the, is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe so that Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What a picture. So first of all, let's start at the end. The goal, Jesus is is, is giving gifts. Jesus is pouring out his grace. The goal is, what was the goal? That we become mature. What is it? What is a mature church? He's talking about a church, not an individual. A church. What's a mature church look like? Well, I, I don't know, Mark. I'm wanting us to scratch our heads for a few minutes and think about it. Because it ain't anything to do with a glamorous building or a number of people filling seats or nothing to do with that, is it? There's something of strength. Let's read on, just because it will help us. Uh, becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Right? So, so he's saying that he's, he's pouring out his grace, he's giving his grace, he's giving gifts so that the church will be built up, so that the church will become mature, so that the church will somehow attain to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. That's, that's a big deal right there, isn't it? So in other words, this is what I think he's saying. I think he's saying so that, that, that a church or the church of Jesus Christ is, is joined together and is built up in such a way that it's like Jesus is here. So what does it look for, for Hope Church to become mature? What it looks like is that it looks like Jesus is in Worcester. Doesn't it? That somehow or other, as we are joined together, as we are encouraged and supported by the grace of God and the gifts of God, somehow or other we become this body. We become the body of Christ. We can't do that individually. Do you know what I mean? We can, we, can, we can shine for Jesus and we can speak for Jesus and we can do all sorts of things in people's lives. But somehow or other, it's only when we are to join together as his church and we're built up and unified as his church that somehow or other, it's like Jesus is here. Do you remember Jesus said, it's better for you that I go? I was, I was saying this yesterday. I was thinking, you know, if you were one of the 12 and, and Jesus said to you, I'm off and it's better that I go. I think, I think every one of us would say, Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you almost all of the way. I'm, I'm even going to go with you on the eating your flesh, although I struggled with it. Okay? But you going being better, I can't go with you on that one. Do you know what I mean? You know, you know I would, I, that's how I would see it. But of course, Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew that he was going to put his spirit on his church. He was going to raise up a church in such a way that it's like Jesus is everywhere because of the presence of the church. So, so your kingdom come in our nation. Well, we'll you know, what we're praying for 
uh, above anything, I think, there are some other things to pray for, but above anything, we're praying for the church of Jesus Christ to reach maturity, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? That's what we're praying for, and, and for us to take our place, and for us to, to, to live in and, and work out what it is to be the body of Christ in the, in the location that we're called to be in. He talked about, he had this, this thing about ascending and descending. So he who ascended also descended. So Jesus ascended, which means he went up, but he also descended. So Jesus uh, descended, he walked amongst us, he came to earth, he lived amongst us, and he descended into our world so that he could rescue us. And the picture he wants us to picture is like of a, of a triumphant warrior returning uh, with the spoils of war. So he wants us to picture, like, you know, and, and so much of the, the writing of Scripture was written, uh, certainly in the New Testament, was written into a Roman-occupied world, okay? And so he's picturing this Roman, I mean, Paul referred later on to the Roman guard and the armor of God. Uh, in this instance, he's picturing a Roman conquering um, uh, warrior returning to Rome, and, and if you can picture with me the scene that he's returning to Rome and, there, and he's going down the main street into, into Rome and, he's got, and there are crowds along the roadside cheering and applauding with this conquering king. And this conquering king returns and behind him there's a train of captives. It says he, ret- he ascended into high with many captives in his train. Okay? And so Jesus has come. Jesus took the initiative. He, he descended. He came to earth. And and he then returned in glory, in triumph, with people that he's rescued. For the Roman uh, warrior, they did that. They went to a place and they would would basically capture it and they would would take people with them. And the the plan was to make the world Roman, wasn't it? Um, We want everywhere to be Rome. Um, Well, it's it's not a dissimilar vision to make everywhere the kingdom of heaven, is it? Do you know what I mean? So, so Paul is deliberately wanting us to picture those things so that, so that Jesus is returning with captives. But here's the thing. What happens to the captives? In the text. In the text. He gave them back. So they're captives. I mean, for the Romans, some of those captives might have gone to the arena. Well, that might happen to some of us. Uh, but, but many of them got educated in the things of Rome, didn't they? And became nobles and became people of influence within, within the Roman Empire. Um, so that, that's how they uh, colonized the world into becoming Roman. So for Jesus, he's taken these captives, of which I'm one. Anybody else? He's taken these captives and he's, and he's giving them as gifts to the church. And, and the point of that is that those gifts are here to build us up and to help us reach maturity and to attain to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. You got it? So what are the gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, all there to equip the church and to raise us up. Now, we could spend some time now, um, you know, I did this yesterday in a meeting, and uh, so stick your hand up if you're an apostle. And uh, one person went like this, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and uh, I, could, I could say the same, if you, hands up if you're a prophet. And, and actually, that's not really the purpose of what I want to do. It's an interesting thing to consider on another time. How do we actually recognize people that are those gifts? It's an interesting thing. That's not really what I want to do today, though. Um, you know, what I, what I want us to consider is what those gifts 
do in a local church? What, you know, what impact those gifts have on the local church? And, and so, you know, the apostolic, so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm less interested in, or, or I am interested, but for the purpose of this talk, I'm not going on about it, in who is an apostle, what I'm really interested in, are we apostolic? Do you know what I mean? Because if, if we have access and we have influence and, we have, and, and Jesus has raised up gifts of apostles, then the, one of the results of that is that we are apostolic. What do I mean by apostolic? Richard went to Bible college. He's screaming the answer at me in a, in a very Richard calm sort of way. <coughs> Sorry? Spread to other areas. Good one. Giveaway. It's that we're on mission, isn't it? It's that we're sent. An apostolic group of people are looking for the next thing. Where are we going? What's the mission? What is, you know, we, there, is, there is a... A, a passion and a focus to stay on mission locally, but there's also a passion to expand into other areas of mission. Apostles are those that are able to look at new things and say, we should be over there. God's going to open up some fruit over there. And, and then they'll look at, no, we need to get some fruit over there. Then they'll come back over and say, are you still bearing fruit? Are you still on mission? Are you still staying true to the core of what we're called to do? Sometimes we can think it's about... Um, you know, doctrinal purity, those things are good, but it's about, it's, about, it's about the mission, the new covenant mission. Are you still sent? Do you feel this morning, a member of Hope Church, do you feel on a mission? Flip your neck. <laughs> Underwhelming, I've got to tell you. <laughs> I know it's blighty and it's, we're British, um, you know, but do you feel that? Do you feel the impact of that? that we, we, you know, for the apostolic to be at work amongst us, then, then that needs to be felt throughout us. That needs to be part of us, that we're on a mission. What is the, we, could, we could unpack the mission. I'll mention some things shortly. Um, but but I, I want us to, to grow in that. So we're praying thy kingdom come in our nation. Well, one thing to pray for is across this nation for the church of Jesus Christ to see and experience the apostolic amongst us. To raise up apostles that will keep us on mission. Do you know what I mean? It's we, we, we quickly, if we're not careful as churches, all right, stay with me, I'm going to be nice, but we quickly divert to churchianity. Maintaining a nice program, a nice church. It's all good, but we can easily lose the mission, can't we? To bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. To raise up a church that influences and shines for Jesus all over the place. So, what, you know, we, we have in Hope Church, we have, a, we have an expanding mission. We want to see that gift, that work, increasingly. We want to plant churches, be involved, encouraging planting churches. We want to keep going. It's hard. I'm going to talk to Steve and Helen, who, have, who are feeling the scars of the hardness of that right now. And we're going to pray for those guys in a bit. Uh, you know, but, but we keep on mission. We keep going. There's ups and there's downs. There are setbacks. There are things that go wrong. But we say uh, the apostolic keeps us going keeps us moving forward, keeps us driving with mission. The prophetic, 
prophetic, the prophetic springs a sense of urgency of the, the now activity of God, doesn't it? When we have the prophetic amongst us, you know, we, we're, we're blessed to have Gordon amongst us, who we've, we have actually, I wasn't going to refer to, to people, but we have actually recognized Gordon as, an, as a, a prophet amongst us. Do you know what I mean? And he'll go somewhere else and he may not be recognized as a prophet, but he is here. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and he brings that, but we want to be a community, don't we, that are prophetic. There will be prophets raised up and there'll be prophets that come from outside to influence and to encourage us and to, to shape us. But actually as a community, we want to be prophetic. And that, and that being prophetic is this whole thing of, God, what are you doing today? What are you doing now? that we can catch hold of it. Half of the thing with following Jesus and being fruitful in ministry is to see the waves of the Holy Spirit and just jump on. Spot where he's moving. Spot what he's doing and ride the wave until it's finished. Uh, and uh, of course, there's a lot of people still doing this when the wave's long gone. The prophets help us see the next one, don't they? I don't mean the latest fad, you understand. I mean, the, the activity of God. What is he doing and where is he doing it and who's he doing it with? Prophets help us see that. Um, they open up the creativity of God. You know, so again, I'm not talking about, you know, are you a prophet this morning? We'll pray, lay hands on you. I'm talking about, are we prophetic? You know, and, and we must stay on the front foot. It's no accident that Paul, um, on, a, on another occasion, talks about the church is founded on the, the, the apostolic and the prophetic. It's no accident, is it? Do you know what I mean? And those are, those are such important gifts to be at work amongst us. Are you getting me? The evangelists. Um, you know, sorry? We need some more evangelists. Now, who's an evangelist? Are we? Are we, all, are we all apostles as well? We're all witnesses. We're all called, aren't we? We're all called to shine for Jesus and tell people about Jesus. Evangelists are here to help us and equip us to do that, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? So, so it, it, it would be wrong to think, right, what we need is some more evangelists so that they can do the evangelism. That's, that would be a wrong, a misunderstanding of, of the role of an evangelist. The evangelist is to equip us. I mean, of course, they're going to be doing that. They're going to be the kind of person that that is more comfortable in a, in a meeting where there are more unbelievers than a meeting where there are loads of believers. Get a bit jittery when they're just around Christians. Um, you know, but, but the whole point is we want to be evangelistic as a, as a group, don't we? We want the church of Jesus Christ across this nation to be evangelistic. We're praying for the kingdom to come in this nation. This is what we need, isn't it? We, we don't need just some individual um, mighty evangelists, although that's wonderful, um, you know, what would the world be like without having s had Billy Graham living in it? That would have been bad, right, compared to what it is. Uh, we, we do need that. But more than that, we need an army of people that are evangelistic. We need a body that is saying, do you know what, we are, we are here actually for others. Look, look around the room again and, and look at the empty chairs. Spot some empty chairs. Any empty chairs? No. I genuinely think they're some of the most important chairs in the room. Because who's going to fill them? 
Who isn't yet here? Who is destined to be here? Who should be here? And who do we need to go and invite? I mean, the, the, when Paul was writing um, about the armor of God, he said, he, said, you, he said, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So it's like ready. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're in training, you're gonna, you, you, the, the footwear, I've, tr- I've tried every now and again to get fit. It usually extends as, it's all right, Mark. It, you, it, it usually extends as far as buying a pair of trainers. <laughs> and so I've got some snazzy trainers, um, but I haven't got any fitness. But, um, uh, you know, so I, so I didn't really use them very well. Not a good picture. But, but Jesus is saying, have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Are we on the front foot as a community, as a group? Are we on the front foot evangelistically or are we sort of happy just to plod along without that? We need that gift, don't we? We need, as a community, we need the, the, the church in the UK to see that gift and to, be, and to be churches that are pushing forward in that gift. Pastors and teachers. Who's a pastor? One. Two. Pointing at Richard? Sort of. <laughs> huh? It's, it's a to- I just want to say, for the record, it's a total misunderstanding. We, we've, there is a leadership element to the pastoral gift, but it's a misunderstanding to think the leader is the pastor. It's, it's, it's an unbiblical way of using the, the word, I believe. Okay? I, don't, I don't judge or condemn churches that do that. Um, I'm, when I go to Africa, I'm Pastor Jim, um, and, and that's fine. Um, I'd rather just be Jim, um, but... but um, you know, we, we need to see communities that are pastoral, don't we? The whole deal is that we love one another, isn't it? The whole deal is that we care for one another. The word pastor is shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Cares for the sheep, leads the sheep, protects the sheep, feeds the sheep. You know, to be a community that are pastoral, what are we doing? We're loving each other. We're caring for each other. We're spotting when someone's missing and ringing them up. We're, 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 we're feeding each other. We're saying, have you thought about this? You might want to, I listened to this talk. You might, you might enjoy it. We're, we're doing that. We're supporting. We're strengthening. We're, we're encouraging each other. We're being pastoral as a community. You got it? That's not me trying to duck out of my job. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I work pretty hard. I'm not, do you know what I mean? I do okay. Uh, but I'm, it's not my job to do all the pastoring. That would be ridiculous. I'm not friendly enough. <laughs> my, my, relaxed, my relaxed face is a frown. We need some happy people doing that work. Uh, you, you know, but what I'm saying is we want to be a community. We want to be a church of Jesus Christ that has built up and become mature and attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. And to do that, we need to be apostolic. We need to be prophetic. We need to be evangelistic. We need to be pastoral. And we, need, and we need teaching. I don't know whether teaching is a separate thing or whether it's glued to the pastoral. We'll leave the theologians to discuss it. Um, it's all to do with where a comma might be or something, probably. Um, but, but we also need that. We need, to, we need um, to, to grow as a community. And we need the church of Jesus Christ to grow as a community on a, on a, on a straight path doctrinally we need to understand the gospel and be able to explain the gospel and to give a reason for the hope that's within us and to do that we need to be taught i'm not i'm not a big fan of systematic theology i'm a fan of learning the bible 
and, and, and putting it into the context of our lives and living it. And we need some help with that. We need to grow in our understanding of that. And as a community, we need to be learners. You know, learners and doers. Learners, just learners, is boring. Okay? A disciple is a learner and a doer. Okay? Um, so that's the kind of teaching we're into, isn't it? Jesus is, I mean, we do this because it's what we do. I'm here stood, stand, standing at the front teaching you in a lecture sort of style uh, really well, uh, I might add. Um, you know, uh, my wife thinks it's all right anyway. Um, you know, uh, you know Jesus' style was very different from that. It's the, it's the togetherness, it, it involved in each other's lives, teaching each other, helping each other, leading each other. And we, you know, that's how it works. Are you up for that? Okay. I better calm myself down. <sighs> Take some breaths. Uh, what am I saying? Um, and, and let me try and let's let me try and kind of bring it down to us and here and now. And um, first thing I'm saying is this: let's let's love, enjoy, and be part of the global church of Jesus Christ. Do you know what I mean? Jesus is coming back for his bride. What's his bride? Who are his bride? His local church. Do you know what I mean? There's too much church bashing that goes on. Jesus loves his church, adores his church. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd love us all to get a vision for his church. Um... You know, pray, praying um, that that his church is the is the vehicle through which, predominantly, not exclusively, but predominantly, he's seeing the kingdom come in this place. So how do we, you know, how do we? Um, we need we need to connect with other believers, pray together. The Archbishop of Canterbury has sort of led what I believe is a is a is a prophetic movement, actually, a prophetic voice. And he's and actually under the heading of thy kingdom come, actually. And if you remember last year, we did a service at the cathedral. We canceled our service and we did a, a service together at the cathedral. And, and inevitably, we're trying to do, we do, you do a service like that. And, and the, the, the really charismatic among us will find it a bit boring. And the, and the really conservative among us will find it a bit, you, you know, a bit risky. Do you know what I mean? So you have, to, you have to carve a middle road. But, but here's the thing. Behind the content of the service and what we did, behind that was an expression, a desire, a hunger for unity and, and a passion to see the body of Christ joined together. Jesus prayed for those that would believe in the message. Who's believed in the message? I said, Jesus prayed for you. It's good, isn't it? What did he pray? He prayed all sorts of things, but here's one thing that he prayed. Father, I pray that they will be one as you and I are one. How many, how many believe that Jesus and the Father are pretty tight? <laughs> and they are one. They are, there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They cannot be separated. They are one. Jesus prayed that we that believe in the message, the global church of Jesus Christ, will be one. There's some work to do on that one, isn't there? That's what I mean. So let's humble our hearts rub shoulders with people that believe things slightly different from us. Hold on to the purity of the gospel. I'm not saying don't do that. Uh, but somehow within that, let's link hands and join. And I do think there is something that the Archbishop of Canterbury is leading us into something of prayer. 
Um, so, so if you only see that thy kingdom come as a service, we've, you've missed it a bit. His mission is that we pray together. And my experience, having led the, the Worcester unity work uh, amongst particularly the evangelicals, sounds bad in itself, um, for, for, so I led that work for two or three years, um, it's prayer that does it. When we pray together, God brings unity. Um, so can I encourage us to do that? Um, not, not only that, but how do we connect beyond local with other people that we are working with? Do you know what I mean? So we're part of a, a, a family of churches called Catalyst that is part of a family of churches called New Frontiers, which is, I don't understand it, so I don't know what I hope you've got. I go to the meetings. Um, you know, but, but somehow or other, we, are, we, are, we find ourselves part of a, a family, part of a tribe, if you like, uh, where, where these gifts that I've been referring to are at work. So when we get opportunity to meet and interact with, with the wider family that is our closer family, let's take it. Do you know what I mean? So we don't have the Catalyst Festival this year. We have a, a uh, Catalyst Leaders Conference. So if you've got leadership of any kind in any sphere, come to the leadership conference. The, the, you, the young people go into New Day. gives us, a, gives us a, an ability to connect and, and to be part of and see and experience the wider church and to have, to have uh, gifting, these, the apostolic, the prophetic, these giftings, into us that will build us up does that make sense so so first thing i'm saying is let's let's connect globally with the wider church second thing i'm saying is let's keep building church locally in an expansive way is that is that a point so i think i probably could have said that more in a more pithy way i'm sure i could somebody will help me um you know but but you know, God has, God has given us a vision and that when the kingdom, the vision for the kingdom and the local church has to have an outward thing. We, in, our, in our logo, which is somewhere, um, we have uh, what started out in any way in terms of concept. I don't know if you still see it. Um, so so the, the circles is like, is like the pebble in the, in the, in the um, pond, in the water, and it ripples going out, going out, going out, going out. And, and to be part of Hope Church, we have to be experiencing what is it like to be the presence of God be amongst us and that rippling out. It does look like a target as well, but it's the ripples mark, all right? Um, is it going to be a heckle? Or is it going to, no, I'm joking. Brilliant. Brilliant. Exactly. It's a lot more than a two-hour meeting, isn't it, once a week? 
Uh, and I agree. I mean, it's, rip, it's moving because there's wind blowing the screen. But God's using that to say something. Do you know what I mean? It's, well, it stops now. God can go like that, can't he? Um, do you know what I mean? And, 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 it, and I believe that. I do, I do believe the, the apostolic is a thing for us to grow in. And here's some other things. Here's what we're doing. So we've done an offering today for our building. Even the offering for our building, we're saying, no, it's not right. It's not good enough for, for all of that to, to be about that building. We're giving some of it away. Uh, we express that because we're passionate about this. We're passionate about it going out. So, so we, are, we, are, we are committed to supporting church planting in East Africa. So Richard travels regularly and we send Richard. He keeps on blooming coming back, but we send him. I'm joking. I want him to come back. It's a joke. <coughs> um, we, we send Richard and we're very gratefully receiving him back. And, 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 uh, and he goes and helps and support churches. So this year, Richard was the, the, the spearhead, really, for organizing an East African apostolic conference, not just with Emmanuel, who we've been working with, but other Emmanuels, other apostles that are looking after groups of churches. So 700 churches represented at this conference. And on the back of this conference, pastors, well, apostles were strengthened, and they, there will be churches planted. The mission will continue to move forward. The mission was encouraged because of that conference that Richard organized. Nobody want to applaud that. All right, okay. Um, so, so, you know, this is what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, we, we, we're a funny old bunch, and we're here, and, and you know, we're, we're sort of an all right church. That's how I describe us. We're an all right church. But here's what we're doing. Here's the ripples. Here's, here's what it is to be apostolic. Here's what it is to have an outward vision. Uh, we sent, um, we didn't send them, they went really. But Alex and Dima, where are they? Are they in the room? There's Alex. Um, went to um, various parts of the Middle East and they regularly go to different parts of the Middle East. And, and they, there was a prophecy in one of our prayer meetings about them being like shingen fire of, of encouragement. You have to put that last bit in of encouragement, otherwise Middle East machine gun. Anyway, um, so... You know, and, and, they, and they go, and I was chatting to um, Andy McCulloch, who was one of the, the main speakers at the Catalyst Festival a couple of, year, couple of years ago, speaking to him about Alex the other, the other week. And he was saying, do you know what? They're brilliant. They're brilliant at going to a group that, I've, that you've, you've got people that have gone to difficult places where it's illegal to preach the gospel, and, and, and it's, it's a challenge. And so Alex and Dima are going and encourage them, strengthen them. And they've just come back from a trip, and it's brilliant. We're going to, we're going to, as later on in the year, we're going to tell you more about it and lay hands on them and uh, more officially do it because they've been doing it under the radar a bit. And we've still got to keep some of it under the radar, um, you know, to protect people. But, but it's brilliant, isn't it? No one wants to clap that, Alex. Um, so, we, so, so, uh, so we're, we're, we're looking to pioneer and plant churches amongst the poor. I've been, over the last, this last few months, speaking at some really big churches about how we build um, people into, into community in, in local churches. How do we plant more churches? On the back of our little innocent Friday encounter meeting and our, and our camp that we run, on the back of that, five or six places have started encounter congregations. So I mean, and we planted some different things. We're, we're having some influence. Uh, we want to plant locally. How, you know, we've started Dines, Dines Green Congregation. And we want to plant more of those. How can we do that? We, we want to see more of that. We, you know, we've got Steve and Helen here, who, who I'm running out of time, so I'm struggling a bit. But Steve and Helen here, who, who have um, courageously, I spoke to them at Catalyst some years ago, and they were saying, well, I'm thinking of Redditch. And they moved to Redditch and started planting a church. And here's the thing, it hasn't worked out. 
all right, through no fault of their own. It hasn't gone the way it wanted to go and, and numbers have reached a point where you think, do you know what, we need to at least press pause. So that meeting's folded and that's disappointing. But do you know what, if, you, if we're not prepared for some things to go wrong, then we won't do anything. And it's not gone wrong, it just hasn't worked this time. And I've been around long enough now, I'm old enough and ugly enough to know that not everything we do works. And we have to own that and accept that. But do you know what? We need to applaud these guys for the, for the courage in which they've hung in and pressed on and, and, and kept going. And, and now they're sort of figuring out what they do next and we need to love them, don't we? So keep loving these guys, because it is tricky, it's hard. Okay, so, and, and we're looking to influence our city and go and so on and so forth. So what was, what was that point under? To be part of a local vision that is expansive. Do you know what I mean? We want to see this congregation grow and, and improve. Um, we, uh, sorry, I've run out of time, so, so forgive me. Let me just, let me give, give, take two more minutes of your time. Because uh, we want to see gifts emerge. We want to see, you know, all, all of the gifts that we're doing. For us to do what we're doing, we need to see gifts grow. People and their gifting to grow, don't we? I mean, another, another, you know, half a million or so, or a bit more than that, will get us into the granary. It's pounds, okay? Um, but to get us into the granary vision, to be a grain store, to feed the city, the, nation, the region, the nation and the nations, we need gifting to grow. We need people to step up, take responsibility, get involved in these things. The money is actually easier. But here's the thing, Jesus is the one giving gifts. Jesus is the one taking us from captives to gifts and raising us up. I want to I say if you feel like um, there's, 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 a, there's a growing in you and you want to grow in the gift and you want to grow in the influence in the kingdom of God and in the church, I want to encourage you to take some steps of faith. Say, so what do I do? I want, I want to encourage you, if you want some help with that, email me. And I'll try and make sure you get some help. I, can't, there, I cannot, we cannot spot everyone and make sure it gets all organized. But if you want some help with that and you want to grow in your gift, I want to encourage you, email me and I'll make sure you get some help. Okay? jimhopechurch at gmail.com. jimhopechurch at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know you want some help. Okay, I better pray. Sorry. I was thinking I've got really good at not speaking for too long and I've gone on for too long, so I apologize. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you, the calling that you have on us is not a small thing. It's not just to fill, fill a building with people sitting listening to sermons. God, you've called us on mission. I pray that you would raise us up. I pray that each person in this room would feel the responsibility that is their responsibility to build this local church, to link with other churches, and to see your kingdom come here in this nation. In Jesus' name, amen.
Over to you, Richard. Yeah, I'm sure you all want to know what the offering was. So very quickly, Jim's not left me much time. Sorry. Last week, you very generously gave £22,000. That includes... I've calculated the gift aid on that. Given today, £2,873.35. I've estimated some gift aid based on some IOUs. Uh, we reckon we'll get about 5,500 um, gift aid. So it's very important if you're a taxpayer to fill out a gift aid form. It's significant money we can claim. Um, increased monthly giving. So that's where you give monthly. £220. People have said they'll give that for 12 months. So that's 2640 now, this is the big one. I've got 19, nearly £20,000 in IOUs given today. One very significant one. You didn't put your name on it. That's either for a very good reason because you don't want me to chase you or you forgot. It'd be great if we could touch base. Um, total then, Steve, let's do it. Is it going to happen? I'm going to say it then because we're running out of time. It's £52,901.35. Now, I think that's absolutely amazing. So I'm going to quickly pray, and then we've got to go, because I know we've run out of time. But thank you so much, Father God, for the generosity shown in this room. Thank you so much. And I just pray that you will multiply this gift as this year we step out and start building in the granary. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, finish there. I want to thank everyone who gave, whether it's the 52,000 or the 35 pence, uh, all counts, and we give from what we have, what God enables us to give. And it's just a wonderful um, answer to prayer because we, we were praying that over this next year, up to December-ish, uh, we would be given 50,000.